Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. You're listening to the IFL TV podcast in association with Lonsdale MTK Global, sponsored by William Hill. This is Umar for IFL TV in association with MTK Global. Frank uh, recovered from the, the weekend's madness. It was exciting, wasn't it? It was an exciting weekend. I mean, great fight. Really a great fight. Kingly fought, you know, finally balanced. I thought it was a fantastic fight. Yeah, just uh, it's got everyone talking as it did before the fight. I'm sure you've seen uh, everything in the newspapers and news, etc. Uh, a really massive fight that lived up to the billing. Oh, it did. You know, Joe got his tactics right. You know, he worked very, very, very hard. And obviously the key to it was his jab and, and the damage that he inflicted on Daniel's eye very early in the fight. And he kept working on that and working out. And eventually it, cl- it was closed and he was you know, fighting one eye. But... Joe did a tremendous job. That's why we signed him. That's why we extended the contract with him as well before the fight and paid hundreds of thousands of, do- of dollars to buy him out of his contract with uh, Richard Schaefer. Now, everyone wanna, will want to know what's going to happen moving forward with both Joe and Daniel. Let's start with Joe because he won the fight. You said there about his contract. Now, normally, Frank, I don't like asking about personal business, about fighters' contracts, etc. I'll always ask you about a fight contract, example, Fury Wilder, what's been going on with that. But a fight is actual contract. I don't really normally ask, but I will ask, what is the situation with Joe's contract? When did you renew it? And how long has he got with you? As much as you can tell us, please, Frank. Well, as much as I'll tell you, he's got a contract with us. We renewed the, we renewed the contract when we made the fight. And the contract uh, is, we've got quite a few fights to go on it. So he'll be out next year. We'll be working very hard to give him give him the platform that he deserves after that fight. That's what it's about. Look, before the fight, just cut for it. I'm, you know, I was asked, I didn't sit on the fence. I fancied Daniel to win the fight. I said it'd be a close, it'd be a tough fight. I didn't think it'd go the distance for either of them. I thought one of them would take the other out by knockout, not by how it ended. And I felt that, um, as I said quite bluntly, that it's going to be about who can dominate with a jab for me that was really important I said that to you didn't I last week or whenever we spoke and that's how it turned out to be and obviously he got his jab as I've just said working really hard and he worked on his works on Daniel's eye and you know and he fought Daniel fought in a real tough fight a closely competitive fight he, I don't agree with his stuff he was out of his depth because there was nothing in the fight some people had Daniel in front a couple of the judges had him in front one of them um <laughs> I didn't agree with that score, 6-1 it, it, at all, but he still had him in front, and uh, that's where he were. It was just the fact that 
you know, Joe played to his strengths. His strength was the damage that he inflicted on his eye. Frank, let me ask you straight. If Daniel had won that fight on Saturday night, would you have called for a rematch? What, a close fight like that? Yeah, I think a rematch would have been a good fight. I'm not saying immediately, but yeah, why not? I mean, that's, when have we not done... First of all, it, you know, I'm being asked... You know, obviously, you asked me a real, if he had won the fight. I made the fight in the first place. The fight happened in the first place. We had a, you know, the border control called for it. We didn't try to pull anyone out. They went for it. Both of them wanted it, and that's how it was. So why wouldn't we do it? It's not unusual. You know, why did I make James DeGale against George Groves? Why did I make, you know, Nigel, Nigel Benn against Steve Collins? Why did I make We made the fights. You've got to understand, first and foremost, we are promoters, and we delivered a magnificent event. It's got the highest peak of any boxing event on uh, uh, subscription TV this year. Absolutely peak, massive peak. We haven't got all the final numbers in yet. It's done brilliantly. We, we delivered to the fans like we always do, a great fight. That's what we're in. We're in the promotional business. And we've got two fighters who I said before the fight, both of them, the, winner, the winner's got a great place to go, which we'll make sure that happens for him next year, and a loser will come back and be involved in good fights. You know, that's where we're at. I asked that because obviously before the fight, Daniel was number two, and if he had won, everyone would have been saying, let's go for the Usyk fight, etc., or let's move to world level. That's why I asked about the rematch. Well, if, I mean, look, if they want the rematch, we'll do it. I mean, obviously, it's too soon for that for Daniel at the moment because obviously he's got, a, he's got a fracture to his eye socket and nerve damage. So that, how, I don't know how long that's going to take to heal. He's, they're seeing somebody today, so hopefully we're, we'll have more news for that. But sure, down the road, I think the fans would love, I would love to see that game, wouldn't you? I mean, it was a great fight and, and the tempo they fought at. I was looking at the ring stats on Boxing Sting and they were just, they was phenomenal. I think they, between them, I think they said, uh, was it the average amount of punches or jabs in a fight is 46% in a heavyweight fight. Joe was 79 and a half and Daniel was 61%. So you think of the tempo and the amount of punches they threw between them. That's why it was so exciting. Nothing in it. And I wonder what happened if, if you know, if, if, um, if Martin Bowser pulled him out before he went out that round, because he was his eye, he couldn't see out of it. If he'd have pulled him out there, would people be saying, oh, let's have a rematch? But, it, but the fight was going to end in that, at the end of that round. Whether he'd, whether he'd gone down on the knee because of the pain he was in or not, that fight would have ended at the end of that round because Martin wouldn't have sent him out again. It's a bit like what happened with Mark Heffron you know, a couple of weeks ago. Frank, what would your response be to people saying that you haven't really pushed Joe? That's what people online are saying. Why? I haven't pushed him. I, I paid... Considerable amount of money, hundreds and thousands of dollars to buy him out of his contract. Okay? I mean, a lot of money to buy him out of his contract. And put him in good fights. Ustinov um, was the other one. We put him in. He had two, two really good fights before. Jennings. Brian Jennings. Is that not pushing him? Kept him busy. Got him up the rankings. He weren't that, you know, moved him up the rankings. He is where he's, where he's at now. And he's now holding three belts through the fight that we made for him. Now, for people to say we're not pushing him, he's stupid. Why would we sign a contract with him before, again, an extension of the contract that we got with him, if not? 
That's crazy. We're promoters at the end of the day. We did that. I was asked what I felt about Daniel, and I truthfully gave that answer. I was sat on the fence. Everyone was saying to me, oh, come on, tell us who it is. You can't win. And you know what? I don't, at the end of the day, I don't give a shit what anybody says. I know what, what, happened, what happened beforehand. I know where we are. I sat down with his team and, and with Daniel's team before the fight, and we told them exactly what, what's going on there. The winner, will go, the winner will get in some big fights next year, and the loser will make sure he comes back. And that's what we'll do. Simple as that. And the main thing is, Joe's fully committed to you and you're fully committed to him. Got a contract. That's what we did. That's why we signed the contract between all of us. And look where you've got Joe Joyce now. Well, look, no. Look, the opportunity I provide, provided Joe Joyce, he got himself where he's at in the ring. And it's the same as what we've done with Daniel. That's the opportunities we give them. At the end of the day, they get in the ring, they do the business. That's up to them. That's why it was such a great fight. That's why everybody wanted to watch it. If we hadn't have made that fight, then it had been, oh, you're only feeding them bums and the usual bullshit. You make the fight, then you favour one over the other, or you make the fight and it's, you can't win. So all those people are sitting there on their, you know, in their old string vest, in their pants, having their pot noodles. Do you think I really give a shit about that? Honestly, come on. Frank, what is the situation now with the WBO and Joe moving forward? I don't know yet. We're going to find out today because obviously there's a time difference. We'll find out today where we are. But, we, you know, we will move his case strongly. And really nothing's even going to settle with that until uh, AJ fights Pulev. We'll see what happens with that fight. Firstly, uh, how is Daniel? He's, well, I spoke with his father yesterday and he told me, and, and I spoke with Martin and Tony, the, the, his trainers and managers, and they said that... Uh, Obviously, he's got the fracture. He's going to see another specialist today. So hopefully he gets some treatment on it and we'll, we'll know more later. But obviously, he's, he's, he's not happy. He's down. Who wouldn't be? You, you know, you, he's lost the fight. He's lost the big fight that a lot of people thought he was going to win. He lost the fight that all those fair-weather supporters, all those back-slapping media all tipped him to win. And now talking about quitters and whatever. Well, I'll ask you, Frank, do you believe Daniel quit on Saturday night? When he went down on, the, first of all, without the benefit of hindsight, when he went down on one knee, I was concerned about that. But obviously he was in pain and you could see that. And I know that he was, he told uh, um, Martin, I think it was about round six, that he obviously couldn't see out his eyes. The eye was closed. That eye was closing up from the second round. And, and you know, Joe done a superb job in ensuring it was closed as far as the boxer's concerned with a jab. His jab, he was catching it. But it was... I, I, I now, knowing now where he was and knowing, knowing the problem he's got with the nerve and so forth that's in it, um, what, can, what can you expect him to do? It was severe pain. I mean, years ago, Klitschko fought Chris Bird. Port stopped and everyone said he's a quitter. He tore his rotator cuff. He's supposed to fight like that. No, it's, it's stupid to, for people to do that. I mean, this weekend, football match, David Luiz and Raul Jimenez, terrible head clash. One gets taken off, concussion. The other one plays probably with concussion and then has to take off because all the blood's coming out. You know, that's football. They can do that and put a substitute on a boxer. What are you going to do? I mean, is, you know, is, is, a, is boxing a better sport or, you know, when people don't sort of clamour for someone to be seriously injured, lose their eyesight or something? You know, I'm not looking for that to happen. You know, if he, if he was getting the pain he was getting, which is obviously not, you, you know, you can't see what he's, what he's suffering with the hits he's getting, then, you know, who are we to say, who are we to say that he should stay there to the end and wind up getting blind? You know, 
you look at Kel Brook, he's walking around with a plate in his, was it a plate around his eye socket now because of the injuries he sustained? I don't want Daniel doing that. He's a young man, lived to fight another day. That was the pain he was in, and that's what it was. You know, and people can say what they want to say. At the end of the day, he'll have to come back and prove them wrong. It's gonna, the onus is going to be on him. He's probably got more pressure on him than going into that fight now. More pressure when he comes back. So we'll see what he's made of. I know what he's made of, and I believe what he's made of, and I believe he can come again. He's a young man. I think he'll come back stronger. But that's up to him now to go and prove those people. And all those people, are, you know, if he comes back and does what I think he, can, he does, he'll find he's got a load of new friends again. We'll look at some of the, the legends of the sport. Roberto Duran, Sando Mas, Miguel Cotto. Famous. You're absolutely right. You, you know, you've seen it. And Duran went on and fought, fought for world titles again. It happened. But he was, Duran, Duran quit not because of an injury. Duran quit because he couldn't get near him because, because of the tactics. Well, let's get it right. You know, even with AJ's fight against Ruiz out there, you know, the referee beckoned him on the fight. He didn't want to fight on. But then he came back and won the title back. That's how it, that, that, that's it. You know, you, you, your eyes see it, that's what it is. And uh, I, I don't, well, he, he was not going to get through that fight with that eye. That's for sure. The only way he could win that fight, I know he was ahead on the cards, but the only way he was going to win was to knock out, knock out Joe in that round because he was not going to be coming out at the end of the round. End of story. What do you make of the backlash Daniel's getting within the boxing community? I've only seen some of it. I've seen, you know, I've seen what Carl and what David said, and and I think maybe they said, I don't. Well, I'm not going to. They've said what they said. Did they know that he had a fractured eye socket? I don't believe they did. Did they know that his nerve damage? No. Maybe they still say the same thing. I don't know. You know, I, I don't agree with the thing that you've got to fight. I hear fighters say they're going to fight till they're dead or they're going to lay on the floor. I don't agree with that. That's not what the sport's all about. That, for me, is not what it's about. We know it's about courage. Anyone who gets in the ring has got courage. And I've seen quit people quit in the ring. I've seen that happen. And I've criticised people for doing that in the past. But I know what's happened with Daniel. I know now what the medical situation is. And it is what it is. Well, listen, he's 23 years old. I'm sure in 10 years' time, we'll be talking about Daniel Dubois, one of the best heavyweights to, to come out of this country, hopefully, Frank. Well, look, I've got to tell you something. He, was, he wasn't knocked down. He wasn't taking a belt. He never took a belt in in the fight, did he? It's not like he's, he was getting absolutely smashed to pieces. It wasn't that type of fight. It was a very close, kingly fought fight between the two of them. That's what it was. It was a really superb fight to watch. And a very, very high tempo, as I mentioned earlier, the amount of punches that both were thrown, which you've got to take your hat off as well to Joe. You know, a 35-year-old guy with that level and that pace, it was brilliant what he did. Unbelievably brilliant. You know Martin Bowers so well, uh, and Daniel, you know them both really well. Will they overcome this? Yeah, of course they will. Martin will. He's a, you know, Martin's a, a fine trainer. You've seen what he's done with other fighters. He's brought some really good fighters, and he's, 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 he's a very good trainer. Um, will Daniel overcome it? I've just told you that. I believe he will. At the end of the day, though, at the end of the day, that's going to be down to him. We're going to see what he's made of. You'll see what he's made of. And I, and I, I believe... And, and, I, and I hope he proves me right, that he's made a sterner stuff than, than the people are saying about him at the moment. I know he's made a sterner stuff than that. Well, first and foremost, hopefully his health is intact. I know we'll get news soon on that. But people will want to know, moving forward, what does Daniel do next year? Let me throw some names at you, potentially. So your likes of, I don't know, Marius Wack, a Christian Hammer, perhaps a Nathan Gorman rematch. 
Are these realistic names, Frank, for Daniel next year? Look, at the moment, at the moment, we all want to see how he is. Let's see how he comes. I want to know what the diagnosis is. And then we've got plenty of time to decide who he's going to fight back at. Look, he wants to get back in the swing. He was ranked number two. He's had some good wins. He's had some great wins and some spectacular wins. And he want to back, get back into that. And obviously, it's our job to make sure it happens. One minute, I'm over. One, it's funny. You make the fight. What a great fight it is. He'll easily beat Daniel beat uh, Joe Joyce. Then it's Joe Joyce will have too much experience, had too much experience. Then let's throw him in with somebody else who's even got even more experience. I mean, Joe's got a wealth of amateur experience, but that was his 12th fight as a pro. I'll do what I think's right with him. That's what it'll be. And if anyone's got a problem with that, at the end of the day, the buck stops as it always does with me. End of story. That's how it is. Well, you delivered a great fight and uh, entertained. That's the, the remember, it's called Queensbury Promotions, not Queensbury Management. Mo they both got management. Both are managed by different parties. You know, the Bowers family manage him, and obviously Sam Jones and, and Adam, they're, they're in the driving seat with, with, with uh, Joe. So that's what it is. We promoted them. We put them together, and that's what we've done, and delivered for TV, and more importantly for the fans. We didn't wait till we got bums on seats. We sacrificed a lot of money. As you know, it was a sellout, that show, to get it on. That's what we did, because we did it, because that's what we what we are. We're promoters and want to deliver the best. And we got as we got another great fight coming up this weekend. Just to round off on this Dubois Joyce uh, fight, how does this? What does this mean for Queensbury going forward into next year, Frank? Well, it means that we got Joe Joyce fighting in some extremely good fights. So we got Daniel Dubois coming back. We've got a great fight, as I said, coming up this weekend. We've got some great talent. I thought Hams have done a tremendous job on there. Um, you quoted, you know, what Carl said, Carl Frampton said, Carl Frampton said he was the best prospect in Britain on there. Um, so we've got, according to Carl Frampton, the best prospect in Britain fighting regularly. We've got uh, some exceptional young fighters. We've got Willie Hutchinson, who I think is like a young Joe Kawasaki, a lot of good fighters. I'm not going to read out a big roster of fighters. You know we've got probably got all the best prospects in the country with us. Yeah, let's talk about quickly uh, the undercard on Saturday night. I didn't get a chance to speak to you after the main event on Saturday. Uh, as you said, Hamza Shiraz dazzled. Are we going to get this fight with Troy Williamson on next year? It looks like that. Yeah, it looks like that. So we'll work to get that on. That's a great fight for the fans again, isn't it? So now, you know, we're not shying away from it. That's what we're doing. We're making, making cracking fights for them. Um, we're going to have, besides that, we've got Liam Williams, we're in the process now. We're either going to do this deal or go to Persons within the next week between him and Andrade. Jack Catterall made a bit of a, you know, got a load of ring rust out of his system and there's a really good stoppage on Saturday. He's going to be in with, uh, once that Ramirez has his fight, he's got the winner of that. So yeah, they're good fights for Queensbury next year. David Adelaide with another stoppage. David done another, you know, done another good job. He's, he, listen, he's a novice. He's got a long way to go yet, but he's looking good and doing what he's doing. So I'm very pleased with him. And finally, let's preview uh, this weekend, your 40th year in the sport. Uh, so congratulations on that, Frank. Anthony Yard takes on Lyndon Arthur, another great main event. It's a fabulous fight, isn't it? You know, uh, Lyndon's undefeated, 16 fights. He's looked, you know, he's done tremendously well. He's got great... Great uh, amateur pedigree as well. And he's in with Anthony Yard, who's, uh, who took the sort of light heavyweight storm, a bit division by storm, uh, and wound up with his 
great fight last year, cracking fight last year with uh, Kovalev, and uh, unfortunately just didn't do it. it. Was probably about as we said a million times, five seconds away for it. This is a this is now a big fight for him. He can't afford to lose, and it's a massive fight also for Lyndon. Again, it's a similar situation as it was for the weekend. So you know who's going to benefit from that? The fans. That's what it's all about. What's happened with um, Willie Hutchinson and Lennox Clark? Uh, Willie's got the flu, not COVID. He's got the the normal flu, <laughs> not the dreaded. <laughs> on that matter as well, Lerone Richards obviously left Queensbury. Just a comment on that, please, Frank. No, we just it, he left. Uh, we parted mutually, parted company. We couldn't get the fight on between him and Willie, and Willie's now fighting for the title. He he, he vacated the title rather than rather than fight Willie. So, you know, good luck to him on what he goes. I mean, you know, we want, we wanted, we want to make that fight for the fans, but not our fault. He, you know, I can't force people to fight each other. Okay. Good to see uh, the menace, Dennis McCann, back in action uh, on Saturday as well. Well, there's another tremendous prospect, isn't it? You know, all these guys are all, you know, they're doing extremely well. Dennis is up there with them, you know. It's arguable who's the best prospects in the country, best young prospects. There's a lot of them, but I know a lot of them are this side of the, this <laughs> are on our side. So, you know, Dennis is out and he'll be busy, and he's obviously going to set himself up for, I think, for some uh, title fights next year. Should we give a, a quick shout out to your son Henry as well, who found that venue, Church House Westminster, where you're back this Saturday? What it looked blinding. It was, wasn't it? It was a fantastic venue, and. Uh, you know, good for him. He was, you know, he was looking to do something iconic, and he came out with something which uh, fit, very much fitted the fight in the uh, under the conditions we're at at the moment with no fans. It really did look a historic building. It was an historic fight. We look forward. Both, to boxers, both boxers went to church. <laughs> well, we look forward to that happening again this Saturday night with uh, Anthony Yard v Lyndon Arthur on your 40th year in the sport. So Frank will catch up this week or at the fight, uh, shall I say. And uh, yeah, thanks for talking to IFL TV again and being as honest and uh, open as you can. Thank you, Frank. Thank you, Omar. You're the best, you mate. See you. Okay, so uh, I recorded something with Frank, which people would have just seen the first 20 minutes of this video. We are doing another recording now. Um, just a couple of things to mention. Well, look, he's an after-timer as always. <clears throat> Let's get it straight. First of all, I've, I've seen some of the stuff and some of the stuff they've told me what he says, but he's, didn't he pick Dubois to beat Joe Joyce? And he didn't he say last week, did he, sorry, and didn't he say last week that Joe was awful to watch? I heard him say if he had to pick someone, he'd say Dubois. I didn't hear the Joe comment. Well, he has, been, he has said that he's awful. That's what he said, he's awful. He's jumping on the bandwagon. So let's deal with the, the first point you made. Um, Robert Smith, General Secretary of Boxing Body Control, he is the one who's recommended the specialist who's seen Daniel. Okay? I haven't got to give, no one's got to give Eddie Hearn a copy of anything. It will be sent to the board. That's what will happen. He is seeing a specialist because he's got a fractured eye socket. End of story. And once he sees that specialist, then it'll be given to the board. And if Daniel wants to share it with the people, that's up to him. That's entirely up to him. He's got a fractured isolate. That's why he's been recommended by the board, by Robert Smith, by the board to go and see this specific specialist who deals with these type of injuries. So that's that. That kills that. You know, like, it's funny. You get all this stuff being said, him. I look at fighters like Anthony Agogo, as you know, had to retire because of a terrible eye injury. 
And as much as people, a lot of people had things to say, at least he's had the decency to come out. And he said, you know, because of these injuries, he's had to retire. It affected, obviously, his career and whatever. And he's actually said he'd like to go and see Daniel uh, to have a chat with him about how it affected him and so forth. And that's quite nice of him. And uh, obviously, he learned the hard way, Anthony Agogo, by fighting on with a bad injury, which, which obviously killed his career. I remember years ago when I did the Nigel Bem fight with Gerald McClellan, tragic fight. And I remember Muhammad Ali's doctor, Ferdy Pacheco, he was a commentator for Showtime at the time. And remember, he's a doctor. And he actually said, Gerald McClellan, he, uh, he dogged it. He's a quitter. Very, very, you know, quite damning things, he said to Gerald McClellan. And at the time, that's what he looked at and seen in the ring. Subsequently, you know, Gerald, as we all well document, unfortunately went into a coma, um, had brain operation, and he's now blind and he's wheelchair bound. That's what happened. Um, you know, Hearn has a lot of things to say. This is the same bloke, by the way, who got fined by the Boxing Board of Control. Uh, if you remember over uh, the situation with, uh, he, put, he published a tweet that he's, his dad, Barry, was sitting in with Lee Purdy in a sauna when uh, he failed to make the weight and he was draining off. He said he'd got nothing else left in his body. He's drained it out of everything. Not my words. These are his words. And he's fighting the next day for a world title. This fellow's drained and stuck him in a sauna. He got fined by the board for that because um, he obviously cared a lot about Lee Purdy. That was, that was how, and that's all right. Or he's pretty stupid. He doesn't understand it, what they go through. It's the same bloke who put Kel Brook in with Golovkin. And the Kel Brook's words, not mine. He only said it, I think, last week or the week before. He fought Golovkin to save the show after um, Eubanks pulled out. or was well, I don't know what happened, but he was out and he put Kel Brook's in. A welterweight, 147-pound fighter, welterweight, in with the hardest-punching fighter, one of the hardest-punching fighters in recent years in the middleweight division. And in that fight, he got his eye socket broken, if you recall. And I think he put him in another fight and the same thing happened afterwards. So he put Errol him in two Spence. fights. Yeah. Right? Against Errol yeah. Spence, yeah. Yeah. So two ice circuits. So, you know, this is the caring guy that he is. Because remember, he'd done it to save the show. He went up a weight, went from welterweight, not welterweight to light middleweight, but from welterweight to middleweight to fight this guy. And now walks around with a plate in his, metal plate in his head because of his, as a result of those injuries, which is correct, isn't it? It's what he had done. I mean, it's well documented. Anthony Joshua, very quick to defend Anthony Joshua, saying that he was concussed. And by the way, a lot of rumours before that fight, he was concussed in, the, in sparring going into the fight, if you remember. Um, but he was concussed in the fight when the referee looked at him. It was right, he, you know, he didn't fight on, that he looked at the referee and the referee stopped the fight. Which, you know, that happens. Happens in a fight. That's what Anthony Joshua did. He didn't protest to the referee. The referee asked him he didn't want to fight on. And obviously, we've gone and won his title back and good luck to him. That's what he did. His dad, Barry, and, and this was only last week, uh, Eddie Hearn said, he's talking about his memories in boxing, was being uh, ringside when uh, Errol Graham fought um, against Julian Jackson said it last week he was out there that fight I think wound up in in a casino somewhere or ever in, I think it might have been Spain or somewhere it was the reason it wound up there just so you know is because the boxing board of control re refused to give permission for 
um, Julian Jackson to fight here because he was blind in one eye and had a development of cataract in another. They then tried to get it on in France and somewhere else, Monaco or somewhere else, and they all refused to let him fight. They eventually found it and got it, got it on down there. Um, that's the caring people, they are they care about their fighters. That's, that's what all these comments being made. I care about what happens with Daniel Dubois. I care, care what happens to him. And at the time, you know, I hear where all everyone's comments, but like everybody, we didn't have the benefit of hindsight. We didn't know that it was a fracture. He's got a fracture. What happens if he carries on and that fracture gets really bad and he winds up like Anthony Agogo? It's just not going to happen. So, you know what? I don't care about what he wants to say. He's being a total after-timer over that, after this. He, as I said to start this interview, he came out and said categorically that Daniel Dubois would beat Joe Joyce. So he's trying to get on the bandwagon. Obviously, trying to slip into him. Like, he won't because we obviously we got contract. We've got an ongoing contract. We signed a new one with him before the fight. And it's all, you know, I've got to be honest, I find it quite disgusting that he's, he's even saying these things, you know. But he can't help himself. He's got something always to say about somebody. Yeah, I remember many years ago when I started, I remember the Sunday Times reporting that at a weigh-in, and I said, I've got a report, I can dig this report out at a weigh-in uh, for one of his fights. It was one of the Eubanks fights that somebody from Matchroom threatened the guy from the scale company who was setting the scales up, threatened him to try and fix the scales. And it was a big thing in the Sunday Times. They never sued the Sunday Times over it. Never sued them or anything. So this is caring... You know, there's such caring people in that fight. So what with the sauna, the scales, poor old Kel Brooks eye sockets get throwing him in to save the show, not worry about yourself, let's save the show. All these things, that's what they are. So I don't particularly, you know, have, I, I, I don't take anything like that, what he says. I can't take that as coming from someone who actually has any thought or concern about the boxer or any boxer for that matter. I don't see I don't see where that's they talk about it a lot, say all these things, but they don't. When the border control were in trouble, when they needed money to get the the MRI scans off the off for all the boxers, every boxer in the country, you know how much money Metron put into that? That. Not a single penny. Never put a penny to it. So that's it. I care about what happens to, to not just I care about what happens to all fighters. I certainly care what happens to what happens to Daniel Dubois, and I'd much rather be safe than sorry. You call him a quitter, you can call him what you like. That's he'll come back, and he'll, he's either going to prove people right or wrong. But the one thing's for sure: when he does come back, he'll come back with his eye fixed and be in a proper position to fight again, and not become an Anthony Gogo, a Gogo. But the bottom line is, he fractured his eye socket, and that's been sent to the to the board. You know, Robert Smith is the one who's you know we asked that you know. Because the guy we were going to, unfortunately, retired. We are, you know, and he recommended this bloke. And that's where he's going. That's done. That's where he's off to see the specialist. And that report will be sent to the board because the board will want to see it. They will want to see what's happening. That's it. Very, very open. Very, <laughs> using my name, very frank about it. That's where we are. I'm going to prove nothing to him. Um, you know, it's just the usual jumping on the bandwagon stuff. It is what it is. Well, listen, we, best, uh, we, we wish Dubois the best. Uh in his recovery, hopefully has a nice Christmas and then uh, comes back in 2021. Yeah, he does. And, and Joe, go on and have a really successful year next year, which he will do now. He's put yourself in a fantastic position, I said in the earlier interview. I'm really delighted for him.
Definitely. Listen, Frank, thanks for your time. Is there anything you, you'd like to add before we go? We're not going to do a third interview. <laughs> no, I can't think. Can you think of anything? Pretty straightforward, isn't it? You know, I think it is what it is. And uh, hopefully uh, we can uh, get on to talking about the next show, which is what's really important, which is taking place on Saturday, which is a cracking fight. Another really good fight. Really good fight. And oh, let's look. Yeah, I've got one. I didn't need to put that fight on. That's what he said. And we needed, we had to put it on. Everybody, that, that's not the case. We put it on because the boxers wanted it. Go and ask the two fighters. They wanted it. They made that very clear again before the fight. Not me. They wanted the fight. Ask them both. That's what they said. Okay. Well, Frank, I will see you uh, on Saturday at the show, all right? I look forward to it, Omar. All the best, mate. Thanks for listening to the IFL TV podcast, sponsored by William Hill, in association with Lonsdale MTK Global. Sports Social Podcast Network.